Well, once again, it's time to go inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Sabalero. It's every Friday, every Friday for the past 10 years, we've been here with you delivering the latest and greatest of what's going on inside EMS. And with me always is my good friend, the one we call Kelly Grayson. Kelly Grayson, what's going on, KG? Oh, man, living the dream, just uh, just um, enjoying my desk job. It's going to turn into a, the hard work here in about three weeks. So, let me uh, hear your let me hear your best New York talk. Anything yet? Have you got any? New New York. Hey yo, hey 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 yo. What are you guys like doing? Where, where you where you going? Where you guys going? Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about um, it. You know, uh, a Brooklyn accent and a New Orleans accent identical. You could pick a, a guinea from Brooklyn and plunk him down in the middle of New Orleans, and would fit in perfectly and vice versa you know hey man where are you from i'm from new orleans <laughs> you know? they talk yeah yeah that's how they whatever. talk you know? just just whatever and you just make me crazy sometimes so speaking no. about crazy there is a story that has been going around the internet that is internet that is making ems people crazy and this goes back to october 27 2023 where a dc firefighter emt was fired for stopping at a Chick-fil-A ahead of an ALS call. And the story goes on to say that Ambulance 3 was the closest unit to a woman experiencing chest pain. She was at a uh, higher level of care. I guess if you want to say higher level of care where she was having chest pain, there is some mm -hmm. some differences in did they stop on the way uh, to Chick-fil-A? Did they order their food and were picking it up on the way? I don't know that that's really what we want to get into today. I think we really want to get into the ethics of if you're assigned to a call and the duty to act and things to that effect. I do think we need to bring up the fact that there are a lot of us out there who have done this job that have missed a lot of meals, that have paid for a lot of meals and have not been able to pick up that food. Um, so I think we do want to be able to touch on that a little bit, but one of the things that was really incredible, Kelly, and I'll, I'll give you the floor here in a second, was all the comments that were on the Facebook page. Go to EMS One, look up the story, and uh, actually tagged you in that uh, in those comments of people defending the fact that these folks stopped at the call. But I mean, your initial thoughts, Kelly, when you read the story, when you read the uh, when you read the comments, uh, where'd you sign on? No, um, well, I'll make it plain. Uh, it's unethical. Uh, it's flat out unethical. Anyone who defends it is is uh, um, morally and ethically ambiguous themselves. Uh, there, this is an unconscionable act, uh, and it's it's you know it's really hard to be the most dysfunctional organization in a city that includes U.S. Congress, but uh, this agency managed to do it somehow. Um, the the thing is is you know ethics or how you behave when no one is looking. That's it. You know it, it's there's not a whole lot of gray area in in ethical situations. And the the whole point of nine one one and calling an ambulance and the honor what we do is you call we come no questions. Now is that the most efficient method in the world? The most efficient system in the world is it rife with abuse? Certainly. But there's honor in in upholding that compact between us and the public. 
And anytime we dishonor that compact, we injure our, our public trust, sometimes permanently. And it's not like this particular agency has a surfeit of trust uh, that they can waste because they're known nationwide for not being that that uh, good. Well, um, let's, let's be fair, though. I mean, it, it, there was a time when one, one, DC yeah, Fire was... was in the news all the time for questionable um, practice, um, but we haven't talked about them for a few years, well, right? So, that, so let's we can't true. we can't just disparage the whole department. I don't know if they're still spelled DC FEMS anymore. Uh, but um, that that is true and that's that's fair so a uh, little harsh to paint an entire agency with one cruise response and in the story it is plain that they took appropriate action against the crew so kudos to, to dc fire and ems for that because i can remember a time and you can probably as well when that sort of thing might have been condoned or they wouldn't have been so decisive in their actions. So kudos to DC Fire EMS for doing the right thing. But I don't know, Chris, how in the heck you justify this. Yes, it's a deplorable situation where you've been slammed all day and you're shorthanded like every other ambulance company and ambulance service in the world. Uh, and you haven't eaten and you've just been, you know, like the Baltimore when uh, they they assigned the crew a call uh, umpteenth time after their shift was supposed to end, and the guy threatened to drive his rig into the inner harbor. Uh, that that sort of thing should not happen. However, you know, there you still have to do the call, and and, and no way you cut it is it acceptable that you shirk that duty. I don't I don't yeah. see how people. Uh, justify that. And I think that one of the things that we have to touch on is is the term duty to act. And, yes. you know, that is the responsibility that we have. And once we're assigned to the call, I mean, I, I can count the number of times I have been waiting in line for food. I can count the number of times I have paid for food and waited for it to come. And I've been dispatched to a call. I've had to get out of line. I've had to lose my money. I didn't get a chance to eat that day. And, you know, I think we learn in EMS that we need to be able to bring a little something with us, man. I used to, I started carrying protein bars and little snacks in my brief, you know, in my, uh, you know, my satchel, Indiana Jones had one. And, um, you know, I think that uh, those are some of the things that we have to do. I, I've had to use the restroom really bad. I've had to get some food really bad and a quick story. And I, I remember this and and this really this incident really brought it to my attention, man. It was, it was probably about 25 years ago. We went to a cardiac arrest and uh, the system I was in, we couldn't leave the scene until we, the coroner showed up. So my partner was just starving. <laughs> what is it? You didn't have pizza sent to the scene, did you? No, we did not. But my partner came out of the guy's kitchen eating a ham and cheese sandwich and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, well, he's not going to be using it anymore, you know? So he's eating the guy's food. Well, and I'm like, man, we can't be doing this. So, um, but I mean, but it's still the point of we have a duty to act. We have to be able to respond as we need to respond, regardless of our own personal. And there are people, again, that were on the Facebook page that were justifying that it was okay because people are hungry, but this is a job 
where we forego our own feelings. We forego our own. Um, uh, we run into danger when people are running away. Um, and this is one of the times, man, sometimes you may not be able to eat. Sometimes you may not be able to use the restroom right away. And um, I think that this was a decision that uh, really kind of caused some challenge, but um, duty to act is really important here. And they, and they abrogated their duty. You know, we can all empathize with these guys. You know, we have all been in that spot. Uh, but as you pointed out, you, you work in EMS, you learn to uh, develop the digestive system of a billy goat, uh, and you learn to wolf down cold food and cold fries. And, you know, by the way, Chick-fil-A waffle fries do hold their, their taste and texture better than, say, McDonald's when they're cold. So keep that in mind. But those are the sacrifices that you make when you put on the uniform. You know that that's not going to be uh, useful. If you want if you want regularly scheduled meal and bathroom breaks, go to dispatch. Uh, but we are subject to the whim of our nine one one customers. So it's okay to condemn the situation, and I think we all should. We should all condemn a situation that puts its EMTs. Uh, overwork, underpaid, uh, not able to, to eat on a regular basis, and, and uh, the horrible lifestyle changes we have to go through. Um, yeah, blame that system uh, and, and blame the, the, you know, the staffing or the is that the culprit there, that's fine. And that's being a good advocate for EMS and being a good advocate for our brothers. But you should not ever condone what they did plain and simple you got a call now you can say and they're saying this in the they said this both in in the news story defending their actions and other people were saying as well but patient care wasn't harmed how do you know that how do you know that from this story you don't and and how do you quantify it even if someone said so uh in the news story they said that uh uh, medic three and ambulance three, and I don't know their terminology there at DC Fire EMS. I'm assuming it was an ALS engine or something. Uh, medic three was closer to the call and thus was dispatched, and they arrived at the same time at uh, uh, at the scene. Um, so it's not like uh, medic three was already on scene and rendering care. Nope, they arrived at the same time. The patient was an urgent care center. Chris, you've run calls to urgent care centers. Um, some of them are pretty egregiously uh, incompetent. Uh, and anything uh, higher than a nosebleed gets transferred out immediately. So you can't even really say that they were getting uh, quality care um, just from the fact that they were in urgent care center. Uh, colds and sniffles, maybe. Chest pain of a cardiac nature? No, they need to go. And then you can treat that just like it would a scene or somebody's living room because it's doubtful they're getting any high-level care. Um, I just, you know, you, you, you can't justify that sort of thing. It, people that try sound like Dr. Ken Yong going, oh, but did you die? That's not the metric we go by. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we've got to flip the, the coin on here. And we really have to start to talk about as well is from a leadership standpoint, what do we do to make sure that our people are getting time to break, getting time to eat, um, getting off on time uh, and not getting calls after the fact. 
And we've got to be able to step up as leaders and do, um, you know, do the best that we can. One of the things that I did in my last operational role was I got with local restaurants. I was very tired of all the, uh, the crews eating fast food. And I said, can we have a meal of the day? Right. So, and, and can we get it at a, at, can we get it at a, a nice cost? And I think it was like maybe $7 where they'd give you a meat uh, or a chicken and a couple of vegetables or a salad. And you could call in and say, Hey, this is Chris over here at blah, blah, blah. We're going to come by for a couple meals. And I think that when you're in the bigger, bigger cities like uh, DC, that may be a little bit different, difficult, but when you're in smaller or medium systems where you have several restaurants um, and I think that this really gave me the opportunity to make these connections when we were going to chamber of commerce meetings and things like that, where there were restaurant managers. Um, but we have to make sure that our people are going to eat. We have to make sure that they're going to get some time to eat. And one of the things that we don't do well enough is uh, make time for the necessities of the day, right? We just put them in the ambulance at seven o'clock in the morning and don't say anything until seven o'clock at night. Oh, by the way, you're taking a late call at uh, 6.59. And we're calling, we, you know, it's a staff transfer that's been holding for four hours. Yeah, exactly. And, but it we, but there does have to, there does have to be responsibility from the leadership team to be able to ensure that people get the, you know, the, the, the breaks that they need to do the things that have to be done, i.e., you know, I could hold it for another hour, but uh, after that, I'm going to really, uh, you know, have an accident or something like that. And, and I don't think we look at it that much. You know, one of the things that was interesting is I got a call from an agency who asked me if I would be interested in um, being the leader of their department. And, you know, I talked to him a little bit about it and I said, well, I'm always interested in hearing opportunities. I mean, because we don't know what opportunities come up that give you the chance, um, you know, to find the cure for cancer. Right. I mean, maybe that's why you're calling me is that there's some synergy here. And I said, well, I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, I said, I can't do it right now. And he did say, well, I do want to let you know that um, the salary range is between forty seven and sixty three thousand dollars a year. And run, I said, yeah. And oh, I said, the, I said, well, the, unfortunately, that's unfortunately, that's not within my pay range. So I probably wouldn't be a good pick for this role. And they said, well, you know, what's your pay range? I kind of gave it to them. And they said, well, how can systems afford that? And I said, well, there are some systems that can. I said, but what you have to realize is that good leadership will cost good money. And we have to be able to pay our our um, uh, paramedics and EMTs well, you've got to be able to pay your leadership staff well as well. And, um, you know, it's kind of things that you get what you pay for. But we do have to be able to be responsible for the crews to get their um, breaks, to get some time for lunch, and to get them off on time. And you know your your solution with the meals, the meal of the day. That's that's an excellent servant leadership solution right there. Uh, a, a manager in that in that uh, situation doesn't care, okay. But a servant leader does. And and this is the kind of leadership I was used to working at a KDN ambulance. Um, 
you know, on a busy day, it was not uncommon to see uh, a supervisor show up at the hospital and when you've been stuck on the wall and go look um, uh, or, or call and say, hey, what are y'all hungry? I, I know you hadn't had a break. What do you want for food? And we'll go fetch food and then watch our patients while we went to the EMS break room and ate because this particular hospital, uh, their EMS break room was, uh, was uh, the IV pump storage facility. And that's about it. Um, but he would, he, you know, on hot and, and busy days, he, you know, they're showing up with Gatorade and water and they're giving you, hey, you want some power bars? We got some. Uh, but it, ha it wasn't uncommon for them to show up with pizza and just here, you know, and as far as I know, uh, many of the times they pay for it out of their own pocket because that's what a servant leader does. A manager only sees the holes in his system, the holes in his coverage map and your UHU and your time on task. And that's all they care about. The problem is, is the reason you don't, you have those holes in your coverage map and, and your, your time on task is so high is because you're all understaffed and you can't keep staff because you don't treat them well. So being, having a little foresight and, and foresight to take care of your crews and show them not only through salary, but in the culture that they are valued that solves a great deal of your staffing problems. You know, not only do you keep your people, but you pull people from XYZ service that treats their people like like servants and and uh, and menial help. So those agencies always seem to be able to find a way. Why can you not? And uh, you know that that's something that is sorely lacking in EMS, and and it shows in, in a great many agencies. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I got into a, a, a sidebar discussion with a peer on this topic uh, through Facebook Messenger. And they were saying, you know, we're 15 paramedics down. Uh, I, I don't have time to get them a break. They don't have time to get them a break. I said, well, you're what are you doing to get them lunch? He goes, well, we have no money for that. I said, if you're 15 paramedics down, you've got money in the budget to buy them lunch that day. Right. So where their salary isn't getting spent and you've budgeted for their salary based on the demand analysis that you need to have X amount of paramedics on the street today. Well, there aren't X amount of people on the street today, paramedics on the street today, EMTs on the street today. There's money in the budget to buy 10, 12, 15, 20 Subway sandwiches that you could pass out at the hospital when people are there. And I think that we have to be able to feel what we know is the challenge because we've all been there. We've all had to use the restroom at that uh, point in time. We've all missed few meals uh, in this, uh, you know, doing our job. We've all paid for food that, you know, we probably put it. I put a, probably put a whole wing on McDonald's in Fort Worth, Texas uh, without them, you know, giving me food, um, man, but it's just the nature of the beast, Kelly, but uh, give us your final thoughts and let's move along that investment of, of buying them meals or whatever, I guarantee you it's significantly less than the time and a half overtime that you're paying because you're short staff. And if you kept people, attracted people, paid them properly, uh, and kept your units staffed up, they wouldn't leave and you wouldn't be paying those uh, exorbitant overtime costs uh, to fill the holes in your schedule. But, you know, you've heard what we think. Uh, we'd like to hear what you think. Um, what does your agency do to take care of you? And would this sort of thing fly at your agency? Uh, do, you, do you think they did the right thing uh, and, and 
we shouldn't excoriate them for for uh, neglecting their their call to to go get food first. Uh, or do you think, as as we do, it's this unconscionable action? We'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and check out the YouTube channel. And for myself and co-host Chris Ceballero, who never miss a meal, look at us. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.